that's the devil working against you, right? So the Bible says a spirit of fear. So when it says that, that means when we come against fear, guess what? We're not coming against just, oh, I'm afraid, right? We're coming against a spiritual thing, right? So, so we gotta, we gotta realize that it's a spirit of fear behind it. God's love counteracts that fear. Uh, he gives us power over it, and he gives us a sound mind to shut the, the, the mouth and the lies of the enemy. I guess you've ever heard the enemy lie to you and tell you you can't do this or tell you you're not good enough, right? How many know that a sound mind means that, that you're able to, to, to just, just be clear, right? You can hear God's voice and not the enemy's voice. Um, so a while ago, it's been, it's been a few months, I, I started watching this show on Facebook Watch. Some people don't even know what that is. Does anybody know what Facebook Watch is? Three people, okay. They have shows on Facebook now, like TV shows. And so I was watching this show, and it was uh, Will Smith's uh, Greatest Fears or something, right? And so what he did is he wanted to face all his fears. So in the first episode, he got on the plane, and he skydived. The second episode, uh, he, he, he went into the ocean, and he swam with sharks. And so in, the, in this show, he faces his biggest fears, and... As he was going out to, so he went out to like the most beautiful place in the world, right? Because Will Smith has lots of money, he could do that, right? He's on this huge yacht, and he goes out, and he's and he and his plan is to swim with sharks. And so the the whole first part of the episode is him just like I am, I'm so scared, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, I, all he could focus on is his fear of these sharks. So when they when they get to the place, he has to do like scuba diving training first. But when they get to the place where they're going to jump in and swim with the sharks, the guy tells them to say, okay, when you jump in, there's going to be about 30 lemon sharks. Those aren't the sharks you're swimming with. You have to swim through those to get to the real sharks, to the huge sharks. And so he's like, he's freaking out. Like, there's going to be 30. And then he, as he goes down, there's these sharks, and they're, they're huge, and they're coming right at him. And, 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 he's, and he has to face his fear, and the sharks are coming, like, literally right at him. So he, like, literally pushes them away. And... And so what he said is that um, he wanted to face his fear. And so one thing that he said is like the whole time that I was going out to face my fear, all I could think about is the sharks. He was in the most beautiful place in the world on a million-dollar yacht with, with some of his friends and his family, and all he could think about is the fear. And how many know that that's what fear does? Fear gets us to stop thinking uh, about what we're supposed to be doing is gets us to stop thinking about god and it puts our focus on that one thing right and so he was he was right there close to the beach he was he was right there in the in this beautiful place and all he could think about was the fear and, the, and so fear what it does is it blinds us it gets us to see something besides what's really there and so what we need to do is take the focus off of our fear and put the focus on god right so take the focus off of our fear and put it on God. So I heard, I heard this the other day. Um, again, I don't know how long ago, but it's been a while. I heard someone say this, and it, and it really made sense to me. It said, fear is a prophecy spirit. So I heard that, and I was like, wait, what does that mean? But how do we know that? If you allow fear, it'll prophesy your life for you. If you allow fear to, to, to grip you, it'll tell you what you can't do. 
It'll tell you what you shouldn't do. It'll, it'll tell you that, that you're, you're not good enough. It'll tell you that, you know what, the job that you have is the best job you're ever going to get. It's going to tell you that you can never get off drugs. It's going to tell you that you're always going to be hooked on something. That's what fear will do. If you let fear, it'll prophesy over your life. I thought that was pretty cool. And so the way that uh, we get over our fear, fear is to confront it. Has anybody ever, like, been afraid of something and then did it? So recently, we went to, to men's conference there in California. It was me, uh, Brother Mark, Anthony, and Chendo. And we went, before we got there, we went to Universal Studios. I didn't tell the guys that I was, like, afraid. But, but there was this, there's, like, these things. How many, so it's Halloween season, right? Or harvest festival season, right? And there's these things called haunted houses. Anybody been to a haunted house? Like, I'm not, like, deathly afraid of it. Like, I, if, if someone wanted to go, I would go with them, right? But so when we get there, there's this one ride that Anthony is like super excited about. It's not a ride. It's a walkthrough. And it's the Walking Dead, like haunted house walkthrough. And so we get in line and, and we were going to go through it. And, and, and the whole time I'm like, man, I hate to be like scared. I hate to like people jump out at me. And uh, I didn't tell them anything. I was being pretty strong. They didn't know. But, uh, <laughs> no, but like I just don't like those things, right? And so as we go through it, we're like walking through it. And I'm just like, this is really dumb. Like, it wasn't scary at all. It was very cheesy. Um, and I was just like, what was, I, what was I afraid of? And, you know, but, but what fear does is it tells your mind something else, right? It tells you you can't do it. You start to focus on, on zombies and all these other things, right? And so that's what fear did for me. Um, it, it caused me to, to be, be afraid when there was nothing to be afraid of, right? I knew that it was all fake anyway. Um, so... The reason that we need a sound mind is to counteract the fear. A sound mind means that we're not focused on the fear that's, in, that's controlling our thoughts. So, like, when I was younger, I, I really had a fear of, 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 like, getting up and speaking in front of people. Like, I remember, like, in high school and middle school when I had to do a, uh, a presentation. Like, I would be, I don't know why, but I, I hated to get in front of people and talk. So I would, like, miss school. I would pretend I was sick. I would, I would, like, do whatever I could to miss school because I, I, was a, I was literally afraid to get in front of people and talk, which is crazy because I played sports and I was yelling at my teammates, like, you know. But when, when it came to this one thing, like, I didn't want to get in front of people. Um, but what I've learned to do is to, to trust God. And what, how many know that when we trust God, our fear begins to fade? Right? When we start to focus on God, the, 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 the other stuff doesn't matter anymore, right? How many know that the closer we are to God, the, the less fear that we have, right? It's not that we don't fear. Come on, how many know that fear is a natural thing? It's a good thing. Sometimes uh, if there was no fear, people would jump off mountains and think that they'd be okay, right? Right? So fear is a, there's a natural response too. But when it's a spirit of fear, something that's coming and crippling you and stopping you from doing what God's doing, that's when uh, we really got to put our focus on God. Um, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. How many know that God's love casts out fear? How many know that, that when, when, whenever we're, we're feeling fearful or wherever we're, we're feeling like we just can't do something, how many know that when God's love comes, all that stuff leaves? Right when when we're when we're you're in the presence of God, nothing else matters. Right? How many guys have ever just been in God's presence and nothing else matters? 
That's the best place to be in God's presence because all of your worries go away, all of your fears go away, and God just begins to minister to you, right? And so God's love, it, it, it's his perfect love that casts out fear. So I heard this quote. Let me get a drink. Tell your neighbor, listen up. That was my way of getting a drink. I heard a quote that I was reading devotion the other day, and it said, whenever we feel fear that keeps us from doing the will of God, it means that we are lacking a revelation of God's love. In that moment, we need to pray for a fresh revelation and cast the fear off of us. I thought that was, that was, that was great because whenever we're fear, that means we don't have a revelation of God's love. I mean, like anytime fear creeps in, that means that you're not, you're not focused on God's love. How I many know that God sent his son for you? He sent his son to, to die for you. The Bible says, yet while we were still sinners. That means he took a chance on you when you didn't even deserve it, right? And so his love is, is, is so powerful that when all, if we focus on his love, that, that we'll get a fresh revelation and the fear will go. So at a different men's retreat, we had this one in, um, in uh, where did we just have our last men's retreat? The local one? Riodoso, that's the place. They're, they have this thing called a zip line. How many guys like zip lines? How many guys are afraid of zip lines? Okay, we have two honest people. All right, so w- there's a zip line, and um, I remember I, I like to think of, of faith and fear like a zip line. So, of course, when you're climbing up the zip line, it's like a straight climb, and it's way up there. And, you, and every step you take, you get higher, and you start to see the ground a little more. You start to see a little further out. And I remember the last, uh, the last one, not the last one, two times ago, we went, we took one of the brothers from the church and we got him up to the top and he was about to jump off and he's just like refusing to go. And, and we're like on the bottom, like encouraging, come on, just jump. It's not that bad. And he's just refusing to jump. No, it wasn't Pastor Pat. It was, it was somebody else, but no. And so they were just refusing to go. And so we were like encouraging him. It was like literally 10 minutes and we we're just like, just do it already or just climb down. And I remember when he jumped, or he didn't even jump, like he like got to the edge and he sat down and he like scooted off. And then like he kicked his legs the whole time like he was going to, I don't know what he was doing. But he was like screaming and it was, it was funny because he, he, all this fear, right? But I like to think of our faith like that is when we climb up and we, we're, we're facing something, we just got to take the first step, right? As soon as you take a step off the zip line, the, the thing that holds you, the harness, it, it takes you the rest of the way. But it's our job to take the first step, right? And that's, and that's what we got to do whenever fear comes. Whenever fear comes and tries to, to tell you you can't do something, just take the first step and let God do the rest, right? That, that's what God, God is like. When Paul told Timothy this, this scripture of, uh, that, that about the spirit of fear, he was speaking to Timothy's need, it, what his need was. His name was Timothy, which came from the word timid. Paul told him over 25 times in these two books to be bold, to take a stand, to face his fear. And so he was speaking to a situation. And so right before he said that, he said to stir up the gift that God has given you. He was saying, do what you're called to do and stop letting fear hold you. And so when Paul was talking to Timothy, he was, he was speaking to that area where Timothy was struggling in. He said over 25 times, Paul said, be bold, stand strong. You know, take a step of faith, right? He was, he was speaking to that area, and, and then right before that, he said, stir up the gift of God. And how many of you guys know that we need to stir up the gift that God's given us? I mean, you know, every single person in this place has a gift from God. 
whether that's serving or preaching or, or doing whatever, teaching the kids. Those are all great things that God can use. But we all have something that we, can, that we could do and use for God. And so, so Paul was telling him to stir up the gift. Why was he telling that? Because Timothy was afraid. He had fear. His name came from the word timid. You know, back in the Bible, time, the Bible times, names meant something. So his name actually was, was meaning fear. And so when Paul left after his third trip, he left Timothy there to pastor the church. He said, stir up the gift that God's given you. And so he was encouraging him. And how many know that we need people to encourage us too? Come on, how many guys need encouragement? Right? How many of you need our pastors to speak into your life, your, your leaders to speak into your life, your friends, right? We need people to say, you know what, stir up that gift that God's given you. Don't be afraid. Stand strong. Be bold. Do what God's called you to do. I remember when we, when we, when we first moved into this building, it did not look like this. The stage was like back here, and it went all the way across, and that was like the stage. And it, just, it was just this building was toe up, right? And I remember we came in here, we even brought, like, we had Pastor Sonny and a couple of the other, other ministers. They came into our building, they looked at it, and I remember Pastor Sonny saying, Danny, you have a lot of faith that you guys are going to be in here in so many months, right? And we could have been like, Pastor Danny could have been like, you know what, you're right. Or he could have been like, you know what, this is too much of a project for us. But he said, you know what, let's step out in, in faith. How many know that we're sitting in a church that's beautiful right now because of that decision? We could have been roaming from place to place, from building to building, from, from high school to community center, right? All over the place. But God, God said, you need to do this. So pastor said, you know what, let's step out in faith. And we did it, right? But we can't let fear hold us back. How has fear held you back? Has it held you back with your family, when applying with jobs, with your ministry, serving, with your bills, whatever, whatever the need is, what does what fear held you back from doing? Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to go 35 through 41. I have four points, and we'll close it up. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. I'm going to go ahead and read. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciple, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. So here in this, in this portion, I pulled out four different points, and the first one is we need to trust his word. How many of you guys know we need to trust God's word? Right? If it's in the Bible, guess what? We should be doing it, right? We need to trust what God says. So what, 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 he said in the, what Jesus said in this first scripture said, let's go over to the other side. And so 
Jesus was teaching all that day. If you read before that, it talks about how he was teaching. And he must have been tired, you know, from teaching. But it wasn't like he just fell asleep on accident. He said that he went to the stern, that's the back of the ship, he grabbed a cushion, and he fell asleep. Now, how many of you guys have ever fell asleep on the couch while watching TV or doing something, right? Like, that's like an accident. But Jesus went to the back of the boat, he grabbed a cushion, and he went to sleep. And so I was thinking about that, and um, the reason he, he, he did that intentionally, he, he fell asleep. He wasn't worried about no storm because he had already told the disciples what was going to happen. He said, let's go over to the other side. He didn't say, hey, let's go to the middle, and there's going to be a storm, and we're all going to die. Right? He said, let's go over to the other side. So Jesus already told them what they were going to do. And so how many know that when Jesus says something, we need to stand on his word? Right? When, when Jesus tells you to, hey, I want you to minister to your, your coworker, guess what we need to do? Minister to our coworker, right? When he tells us, you know, I want you to step up and I want you to serve. I want you to sign up for Convoy of Hope. You know, I, I want you to just go and serve our community. Right? We need to do what he says. He said, let's go over to the other side. When Jesus um, tells us to do it, we got to do it. His word, his word says, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? His word says that I'm, uh, I'm more than a conqueror, right? He says that he's faithful to finish the work he started in us. That he said uh, that he's working all things for the good of those who love him, right? So these are the things that, that God's word says that, like, by his stripes we are healed. I mean, you know, that when he says those things that, that we can hold on to his word, right? And I think sometimes we, we, we hear these scriptures and, and we're like, dude, those are such powerful scriptures. But then we don't apply them to our life. Like if you're going through a sickness, you can, you can say, God, by your stripes I am healed. If you're going through financial things and you're a giver, you're a tither, you can say, you know what? You said in your word in Malachi that when I give, you're going to open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing I can't even contain, right? When, when we trust in his word, we can, we can stand on that. We can make it personal. It's not just a, a scripture that we want to put up on our wall and put on a little plaque and people come in, they're like, oh, they're Christians, right? Like we could actually stand on his word. We need to trust what he says. So the second thing in this scripture was Jesus was in the boat. I mean, you know, sometimes we forget Jesus is right there with us. Just like when uh, Will Smith was in that most beautiful place in the world, all he could think of was the, the fear of the sharks, right? He couldn't think of what the beauty was there around him. And we know that we have Jesus in our boat. We, we, when we have him in our boat, we can take our eyes off the storm. We don't have to worry about what's going around or going on around us. I know sometimes when, when, when things happen to me, the first thing that I want to do is, why me, God, right? I mean, you guys are like that. Sometimes we're like, like, why is this happening to me? But I remember, I remember someone telling my wife one time, stop looking at, at why this is happening and say, God, what are you trying to do through this situation? And so when you start to focus on, on what God's trying to do through the situation, you can start to grow. God's going to start to show you, yeah, you can't pay your bills this way because I'm, uh, I'm waiting on you to trust in me. I'm waiting for you to, to let me be your supplier. Let me be your, your, your one that's going to meet your needs. The storm happened despite Jesus being in the boat. I don't know, someone told you that when you came to Christ that everything's going to be easy. They lied to you, right? Storms still happen. Things still come up, right? Your car still breaks down. Your kids still act crazy, right? Like you still go through things, right? How many know that when Jesus is in your boat, you're able to, you're able to go to him for help, right? 
We can always go. The third thing is we can always go to Jesus. So even in the midst of our, our, tri- our trial or fear or storm, we can run to Jesus. Not only can we, but we should run to him. We should, we should have trusted his word and believe that we're going to get to the other side. How many times do we, do, we, do we look at ourselves and we're like, I can't do this? How many of you have ever thought, I can't do this? Or, or we, let, we let Satan lie to us and say, you know what? I, you can't open no business. You're just from the hood, right? Or, or, or we, we let people say, you know what? Your marriage is over. And you're just like, you know what? My marriage is over, right? We let Satan lie to us. But let me know that when Jesus is, 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 is in our boat, we can always go to him, right? Jesus is always right there, even in the midst of our storms. Yeah, Jesus, like, corrected them, right? He said, where's your faith? He corrected them. But, he, but what did he do? He met their need. He said, peace be still. Quiet, he quieted the storm, right? And, and he met their need. So we could always run to Jesus. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, said, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and was completely calm. He's always there to help us to meet our needs. And he wants us to have a relationship with him. I don't know if you know this, but we're not supposed to go to God only when we're going through stuff, right? Like only when we're, when we're really tripping that we go to God, right? That's not what God wants. God wants us to have a relationship with him. That means when you wake up, he wants, to, he wants to hear what's on your mind for that day, right? He wants you to seek him and say, God, what do you want from me today, God? Who do you want me to minister to today, God? What are you trying to speak to me through your word today, right? He wants us to have a relationship with him. He's not some genie in the bottle, but he really wants like a relationship, right? Uh, you could come to the keyboard. The fourth thing is, is he questioned their faith. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And so in the first few chapters of Mark, before this happens, the first three chapters, this is what Jesus has done. He he cast out evil spirits. He healed Simon's mother-in-law. He healed, he healed many. He drove out demons. He healed a man with leprosy. He healed a paralyzed man. And so the disciples had seen Jesus do all of these miracles. Imagine walking with Jesus, and everywhere you go, he's like, Okay, you're healed. He's like, you get a healing. You get a healing, right? No, I'm just kidding. But like everywhere Jesus went, he would meet the needs, right? And he and he would he would heal people. And so every time that that Jesus came upon somebody and he seen that they were sick, he met their needs. And guess what? The disciples seen him. The disciples were still like, like three chapters later, he had healed leprosy, he had cast out demons, he did all these things. And when Jesus spoke to the to the wind and the waves, they said. Who is this guy? They were afraid, right? Where's your faith at today? Is your faith in Jesus? Jesus did, has done all these great things. Even being in this building, I said it earlier, but being in this building is a miracle. I don't know if you guys realize that, but, but they, the, what they asked when, they first, when we first, first saw this building was a whole lot more money, right? But being where we're at is a miracle. God placed us exactly where he wanted us to be. Because we stepped out in faith. And how many, how many of you here just need to step out in faith? God's challenging us to, to step out and serve. To step out and, and disciple. To, to be better fathers and be better mothers. And, and be better friends. And, and to, 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 to heal people and to help them, right? God's calling us all to do these things. Fear will run your life if you let it. It'll tell you not to trust God. 
It'll tell you you're not worth it. It'll tell you you can't do it. It'll cripple you, isolate you. It'll stunt your spiritual growth. I mean, there's so many more people in this church that should be at another level, including myself. We should all be at another level, but at some point in time, we let fear cripple us. We let fear cause us to to stop growing, to to stop getting to a place where we, we wanted to be. This isn't in my notes, but God just... When we left Ratone's, we were in Ratone, the church closed over there. I remember, like, this fear coming upon me, like, and it was kind of like a, like a selfish fear, but I'll I'll tell you. I remember, like, I was wanting to, to go to Amarillo. We were like, where are we going to move? What are we going to do? I was wanting to go to Pueblo and looking at all these different, it's like, I'm going to go to San Diego. And the whole time I knew that God had called me back to Albuquerque. And for whatever reason, I just kept letting, like, Satan lie to me and, like, speak to me. And he was just like, like, you shouldn't go there. And I, and I just remember, like, every time I talked to a pastor, he'd be like, so when you moving up, when you coming back? Because I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. And, I, and, and it took such a long time for me to just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm ready. Because I knew that when I came back, it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that coming back to, to Albuquerque wasn't going to be easy for me. I knew that I was going to get super involved in the ministry. We had just came from, from running the church there, and I, and I just felt like I needed a break, right? But God was just challenging me, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't let this fear cripple you. And it's funny, the first service that I got back, I had, we walked in on a Wednesday night. Pastor was like, you're doing announcements tonight. Siobhan, you're playing keyboard. And I was just like, okay, God. All right, we're back. <laughs> and... But I let fear cripple me for, for those six months or however long it was. And one thing that we can't do is we can't fear and do nothing about it. If we fear that your marriage is failing, guess what? You need to go to counseling. You need to go to prayer. You need to start serving your wife. If you fear your faith is weak, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray, you need to get under somebody, you need to get discipled, you need to say, you know what, God, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get closer to you. If you're struggling with your finances, guess what, you need to start giving. You need to start giving your tithe and trusting God in your finances. Come on, let's all stand to our feet tonight. Come on, let's just close our eyes. Come on, everybody close your eyes just for a second. I want you to ask yourself this question. What is holding you back? What has fear tried to hold you back from? Jesus. Father God, Lord, I pray, God, right now, God, I pray, God, that that you would challenge us, God, even right now, the Holy Spirit, God, go out, God. Go out, God, search us right now, God, and and begin to pull out those things that that we know that we're supposed to be facing head on, God. Those things that that, that we've put, we've stepped to the side or we've swept them under the rug, God. But I pray, God, even right now, Holy Spirit, God, go out, God, and show us those things, God, that we've been fearful of, God. Those things that we refuse to deal with, God. Those things that, that have kept us back, God. I pray, God, that you would bring those to us right now, God. Bring those to our remembrance, God. Well, we're going to sing this song, and as we sing this song, if, if, if something ministered to you tonight, or if you need to you know, face your fear or step out in faith, these altars are open. Come on, let's, let's trust God tonight. Let's, let's really go before Him and say, God, I don't want to fear no more. There is
Father God, Lord, I pray, God, over every man, God, every woman that is at this altar, God. God, we rebuke.